Praise the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 4. And uh, we've just been, uh, last week, a couple weeks on Tuesday nights, we uh, ministered to you on the progressive life of faith and just taking that. And last week we dealt quite a bit with uh, just the words of our mouth. We, we went off in some areas there and just helped us on the confession and what we speak and how we exercise our faith. And this evening I want to do that. And in any area of... Uh, just the term exodus is a coming out. How many know the Bible says that just getting saved is an exodus? We're brought out of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son. So exodus is just a principle of coming out and then entering into. And, and, and in the word of God, it's always a coming out of things that are bondages, things that are hindrances, things that hold us back. And then entering into the fullness of the promise that God has for our life. So tonight, I just want to stir our faith up just a little bit more. And uh, again, just before we dive into this, I meant to just reference it. But uh, ladies, make sure you get signed up for the spoken for conference that's coming, but also, and then in the bulletin on Sunday, we had some information about Jesse DePlantis going to be uh, down at Pastor Bill Krause's church, and uh, so that information was in your bulletin, and that's next Thursday night, not this Thursday, but next Thursday, uh, going to be down there, always fun when Brother Jesse's in town, and uh, a good time to go hear a great word and have your faith built even more, amen? Always good something that builds and strengthens our Faith, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 4, and I don't want to read the whole chapter, but it is, uh, we, we just start seeing how uh, Paul is talking about the righteousness by faith and the difference between the circumcision and the law and uncircumcision and justification by faith. But he's getting to Abraham and he's explaining that. And so in verse 13, he says, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed, through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So the promise didn't come through the law, but it came through faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, verse 16, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. How many know everything God does in our life, He does by grace? Amen. Just the grace of God in our life. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham. And, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him of whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Amen? And, uh, the, uh, and then, uh, excuse me, verse 8 uh, Verse 18, who contrary to, I was going to read out of the Amplified, but I'm going to hold off. Who contrary to hope and in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was, what? Spoken or said, okay? So shall your descendants be. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Now let me just interject it. Anytime you're living by faith, you're always going to have to come up against a situation when there's going to be some things you have to refuse to consider. I'm just not going to consider that. I'm, not, I'm going to hold on to faith. So there are areas here. He did not consider his own body. Already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So we know that God is telling him, Abraham, you are a very old man and you and Sarah and Sarah is a very old woman, but you're going to have a natural born child. Amen. And so Abraham goes, oh, OK, God. <laughs> In verse 20, and he did not waver at the at the Verse 20, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform, perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our what? 
justification. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you tonight in these next few moments, Lord, you will open the eyes of our understanding to see a new truth. Father, help us just open that door a little wider to see with a little more clarity into the truth of your word. Holy Spirit, be the teacher in the house this evening. Bring clarity to our understanding and cause our ears to hear, our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Look at the cover of your outline. Faith against hope. How do we hold on to faith when it seems that we are believing against the loss of hope? Abraham sitting there, and even think about that. God told him when he was 75, you're going to have a son, and then this thing is dragging out for 25 years. That's a long time to stand and believe God for an answer. Amen? We'll help you with that a little bit tonight. When everything looks hopeless and impossible and all the odds are stacked against it, how do we hold on to our faith? Well, tonight we're going to tackle that. We call Abraham the father of our faith, not because he got, got God's attention by living like a saint. Abraham, you know, wasn't just living perfectly and lived like a saint, but God declared he was going to do something. God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Do you understand that? And God wants to do great things. And the miracle is, is that God always does things in a way that He gets glory for what He does through our lives. Come on, if, if He'd have taken a young couple in their 20s and said, Hey, I'm going to make you a father of nations and you're going to have a son. It's no miracle that a young couple in their 20s could have children. But you get a couple in their 90s and pushing 100 and they're going to have the kids. Now we got something to talk about. Amen. Now, this is, this is just more than just a natural occurrence. So, something fishy's going on. Either that or we all want to find that water and bottle it. Amen? Amen. So, no. <laughs> so, look at your outline. So, isn't it, that, it, it, isn't it that what we read in scriptures, God is saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust and believe God who would do what only God could do. You have to remember that God has always said he's going to do what only he can do. That's the coolest thing. In fact, I heard one person say, you know what, if we don't need a miracle, we really don't need God. If what we're believing for, you need to believe for things that are God-sized. Not for things that are man's side, but things that are God's side. Believe for God to do God-sized things in our life. So look at that. So Abraham then became the father of us because he dared to trust and believe God would do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life and with a word make something out of nothing. Think about that. God created everything we see. We, the Bible tells that everything we see was created by the word of his power. Everything made out of nothing and formed by his word. The, Rome, uh, uh, the message Bible says it like this, verses 17 and 18. When everything was hopeless, look at it there in your outline. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed God anyway. What a great passage. We'll hear people, well, I just don't know, it, 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 the, the, everything just looks hoping, but hopeless. But when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed God anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. I'm just telling you, things change when you start not, when you take your confidence off of what you can do and what you can perform and then start leaning on God's ability and His performance. Amen? And so He was made the Father of a multitude of peoples. God Himself said to Him, You're going to have a big family, Abraham. Okay? And so with that, and, and, and even in there, the, I, I don't want to get sidetracked on this, but I'll just stay with that. And how many know God performed his word to Abraham? So God brought up a nation out of Abraham, and then out of that, that is spread out. And we even spiritually are grafted in to that root. Praise the Lord. So see, we all face times in our lives when we will need to believe God. In God and stand on His word in the face of impossible odds and hopeless situation. 
Many times in, in our lives today, it'll have to do with sickness and disease. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. Why does God put these accounts there? People who have, who, who, who are, uh, have palsy and they were paralyzed and, and people who were born blind and the woman who had that issue for 12 years going to the doctors and not getting any better. Her case was what we would call a hopeless medical condition. The medical knowledge of that day could not bring her any answer, any remedy or any cure, but yet something rose up on the inside of her and, and, and a new faith, a new hope rose up on the inside of her and she believed that if she could just touch the hem of his garment she would be made whole and that's totally contrary to everything natural but she's believing in God something ignited faith on the inside of her and it was hearing the word about Jesus so think about it so we face those impossible circumstances and Abraham did just that and became the father of our faith he refused to consider his age and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He refused to consider the natural circumstance and just believe God, just took God at His word. That has to be our position, to believe the word of God above everything else. In our life, I've seen God come through time and time and time again. God will always be faithful to His word. Amen. In fact, here's what we have to do. It, it, it says in Psalm that God, you have exalted your word even above your name. Okay. So the word of God is the surest thing that you can rest upon. So think about it. Abraham modeled for us how to believe God through an impossible situation. So why does God give us this example? Because when we look at our life, we look at things that we are facing. Then we look back at Abraham. Wait a minute. Abraham's situation was an impossible situation. But yet he had the word of the Lord. He had the promise of God. And God fulfilled his promise to him. And then we have the other problem where Jesus says that God is no respecter of persons. Amen? Hallelujah. So... He believed God according to what was spoken and not according to what he was able to do in the natural. Abraham wasn't believing by what he could do in the natural. Naturally, he couldn't do anything. And so many times when we're walking through an exodus with God, when, when we've gotten the word to come out, it seems like we come up against these situations and, and we think, God, did, things are going to happen and it just doesn't seem like it's taking a long time and it seems like it's not getting better, it's getting worse. And in all that, you just have to stay fixed on the word of God. Are you with me? So important. So think about it. Because it's not going to come by what we can do or able to do in the natural. Or in other words, he believed by faith from his heart and not from his head. Your biggest adversary is your gray matter. The biggest battle that we have is in the battle of our mind. Okay, that, that, That's why it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Bringing every thought into captivity and into obedience to Christ. I have to make my thoughts agree with the Word of God. Are you with me? If you don't, your thoughts will talk you out of the promise. You'll reason yourself out of the promise. So listen, our faith is never, this isn't in your outline, these are my notes. Our faith is never based upon our strength, ability, or resources. When you're operating in faith, it has nothing to do with your strength, has nothing to do with your ability, has nothing to do with your resources. It's all about God. That's why I look back at verse 16. Look at this. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. It always, the promise always comes by faith according to grace. And grace is always God's provision released on our behalf. How many know we couldn't save ourselves? We are saved by grace through faith. Amen? That is it. And so God works in our life. See, provisional faith is the same as saving faith. When you're believing God for provision, whether it's financial provision, whether it's restoration, no matter what the provision is for God to come through in your life, healing provision, whatever it is, it works the same as saving faith. It works by grace. Amen? God's provision, it is of grace. It is God's provision released on our behalf. 
Hear it again. It is a faith that it might be of grace. So look at your outline. He, Abraham didn't believe according to what he could see or feel. He did not believe according to what his natural and physical senses told him. Everything in the natural said, this ain't happening, Bubba. Amen? He did not believe according to what his head was telling him. He believed according to what God had spoken to him. And faith goes to another level when I just believe this word, period. I mean, you know, we, we, we always just see little bumper stickers. Every now you'll see the bumper sticker used to be out. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Let me put it like this. If God said it, it's settled whether anybody ever believes it or not. My believing doesn't affect the Word of God. My believing only allows me to receive what God has spoken. My believing doesn't settle the Word of God. The Word is settled, period. The moment He spoke it, it was settled. Are you with me? And so there, there has to be... Now, the, the, when it comes to faith, you have to become aggressive. Passivity doesn't work in the realm of faith. Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The reason you cannot be passive is because you're combating an aggressive devil. You haven't, you, you're not going to beat an aggressive adversary with passive tactics. It just isn't going to happen. You won't win the battle being passive. You're going to have to be aggressive enough to speak with authority and to exercise authority and to walk in dominion. Are you with me? To live by faith. Are you? So what happened? He believed according to what God had spoken to him. And when we hear God's word, his word reveals the provision of his grace. What's God going to do? His grace, what he will do for it. My faith to receive by grace is what he's declared he would do. Amen? It's, it's all declared in here. I'm going to illustrate to you here in a moment when we get to the second part of this tonight. So watch this. We must learn to follow Abraham's example and to stand our ground in the face of opposing and contradicting situations. When all of our physical and natural feelings and senses are saying, you don't have it, you won't make it, it is then we stand by faith and from our hearts, not our heads, we declare what God has declared in His Word and against hope we believe and call those things that are not as though they were. Amen. And the, the best way to illustrate that is just by seeing... Um, it, uh, uh, our headset, this headset here, the, the cord was broken, so I ordered a new one. In fact, there, there's a young man, you heard me talk about it, the, the young man, uh, Dillard Coleman, that came uh, and, and asked, he's going through a recovery program and came and asked if, in, in our community here and, and asked if I would work with him as his mentor. He had to have a mentor, so he asked if I would help him, and I said yes. And he came in today, he goes, Pastor, uh, we had a meeting today, and he goes, I, I just need more faith. I said, no, Dillard, you just need to know you have faith. See, I was saying, see, because we think with our natural mind, we think faith is quantity. That, that faith works by the amount of faith is not a noun, faith is a verb. Faith is action. Faith moves, faith does, faith speaks, faith acts. Are you with me? And, and so it, that's why Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of a Mustard seed, you would say to the mountain, to the tree, and it would what? Obey you. But how many know that's not a passive action? That is aggressive action. Bold action. That's right. Wait a minute. I believe I can speak in agreement with the word, and what I say will come to pass. Whosoever shall say into this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that whatever he says shall come to pass. He will have whatever he said. Amen. And so, the, but, but see, we're taught to be intimidated. We're, we're taught that that's being prideful, that's being arrogant, that's being presumptuous with God. No, it's not. If it's his revealed grace for my life. Amen. 
If it's revealed in the word, then we can speak it and can declare. That's why I preached that message on the redeeming power of the cross a few weeks ago. Because it comes when, when it comes to healing for your body and for mine, we have a higher report than the report of the doctor. I'm not going to, we used to sing that old song, whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. My Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. He took upon himself. Well, how can I know that is true? That's why I said get a graphic picture of the cross. And look back at that picture and remember what Jesus, the price that was paid for you and I to be healed. The blood of God's Son was shed for our healing. He was beaten for you and I to be healed. The ransom price for our healing was His shed blood. Amen? And so even speaking that, and so even with that, we have to be so careful going back to last week and the confession of our mouth. Quit confessing your possession of certain sicknesses or diseases or reoccurring things and, and allergies or whatever. There will probably be people right now be saying, oh man, this is a wet year. It's going to be a bad year for allergies. I know I'm going to have, they'll start, before anything even blooms, they start amping themselves up to be in misery. And then the next thing you know, you'll hear, oh man, I knew it, I knew it, now I got it, here it is. Yes, God created the fruit of, you're getting what you're speaking. Are you with me? Well, why not call, what, 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 so instead of calling myself, I have allergies, why don't you just say, I'm healed. Agree with or call yourself the healed of the Lord. Are you with me? My arthritis, why would you want to call it yours? Give it away. The Bible says that Jesus took our infirmity, that it might be fulfilled. He himself bore our infirmity. If, if there's something that's been reoccurring, just bless God, give it away. Amen. Put it in your yard sale, arthritis for sale. Amen. I don't want it anymore. I, I'm, I'm giving it away. Give it away. Take it to the cross. Give it to the Lord on the cross. Are you with me? But you, if we don't get aggressive, then we'll just... Abraham, instead of agreeing with his circumstances... I don't know how it's going to happen. You know, I'm really old, and Sarah's really old. I can't believe, that's really weird that God would say he wanted to do that. Why would he wait until I'm 90 years? Why, I, I just don't understand. Are we doing okay? Yeah. All right. So we have to learn. We have to challenge this thing. We're just talking about how to possess and how to stir up our faith and receive what, we, what he declared. So we have to learn to follow Abraham's example because we'll hear that. You don't have it. You won't make it. And, and just like I said, uh, this cord here, I got distracted, but this cord here, we, we had to order a new one. So I, I called the people up, and I, and I said, hey, uh, well, actually, I went online, and I found the one I needed to replace it. And, and, and it said, in stock. I said, wow, they have these in stock. And so I, I said, cool, that's exactly what I want. I placed the order. I, I, I had the, the, the card that said I had the amount needed to purchase it to redeem it. And so I made my request, I, I, I pushed purchase, and they said, your order has been confirmed, it is on its way. And so praise the Lord, from then on, I, I went from needing a cord to having a cord. But, but, but it, it was in transit. It's in transit, okay? But it's still, I still have, it's mine now in transit. But it, but, but it had to be packaged. It, 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 it had to go through the process. It had to be handled. And then it had to be shipped. And then people had to deal with it. And, and, and it had to go through the process of getting delivered. And, and so from the time that I put confirmed and they said your sale is confirmed and it is yours. It belongs to you now. No longer belongs to us. It, it, it's, we don't own it. It's yours. You, you have. Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for. And so now it's no longer our cord. It is your cord. It's been paid for by you, and so it's on its way to you, and it's as much yours now as when it arrives in delivery. Amen? And so when we start looking at that when it comes to our healing, and we start declaring we have it now, not just when it gets there, that's what it means to call those things that be not now as though they were, to speak of them in the now while they're on their way. 
Okay? They're, they're now. To say it now. It is mine now. Now faith is. It is now. It is not coming. It is not then. It is not shall be. It is not it will be. It's not it's going to be. It is now. Are you with me? And you, you have to talk like that and believe like that. It is, it is then that we stand by faith from our heart, not from our heads. We declare what God has declared in His Word to us. And against hope we believe and call those things that are not as though they are. See, faith always wins. Say that with me. Faith always wins. Say it again. Faith always always win. How can I know? Because God said He gave us the measure of faith. God has given to every man the measure of faith and His will is is that we win by faith. He said the just shall live by faith. If I'm supposed to live by faith, then faith is supposed to work. Amen. Amen. So we just get aggressive with it. Listen, we are never without hope in Christ. As long as we are alive and in this world, we can expect to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. These are some of my favorite verses on that. Look at Psalms 27. The New King James said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Now, let me use this for an example. Many times people, because, because we've been, you are bombarded by the, by, by the wiles, the tricks of the devil to talk you out of receiving everything Jesus died for you to have. And so we come up with these statements. Well, if they don't get healed here, we know they'll be healed in heaven. And somehow we, we, we appease, our, we, 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 we console our unbelief. Doing all right? And so the, 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 and, and we, we, we kind of assage and massage that and, and, until we kind of ha- get him some religious euphoria about it. Say, so wait a minute. Let's just put our fight down. Let's fight all the way to the end. And, and, and there's a day. I, I would rather go out kicking and screaming by faith. Believing all the way, having everybody think I'm whack, whatever. Declaring, believing, standing by faith instead of trying to come up with something that just agrees with the word not working. Because when we say that, we're calling this word a failure. Are we doing all right? And so people go, well, well, Pastor, that's kind of aggressive. Well, that's what the word of God says to do. Against Who against hope, believed in hope, and called those things as though they uh, that were, that are not, as though they were, and just continued to speak, continued to believe, counting God, God, God Abe, the one who was promised, as able to do it. Amen? That's the way we have to attack it if we want to live by faith. Uh, the, the, another translation says it like this. But I have sure faith. That I will experience the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. I want it now. I don't want pie in the sky. Amen. I don't need it there. I need it here. Are you with me? God made provision for us to have it here, not there. Are you doing all right? Hallelujah. So watch it. Hope in the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Hope in the Lord. Not in anything in the natural. Not in circumstances. Not in doctors. Not everything else. Use every resource you can. But hope in the Lord. I use doctors. I use medicine. But they are not the source of my faith or my answer. Amen. Amen. God is the strength of my heart. Amen. So what do you do? Don't faint. Don't lose heart. Never give up. Keep speaking faith from your heart, even when everyone around you is saying it's hopeless. Believe God always. Faithful is He who called you, who will also do it. Amen? So what I mean by that, keep your words and your actions and your deeds in agreement with God's Word. When you hear the word, keep your word, your action, your deed in agreement with what God has said. And then what you do, walk in love towards people, but never bring yourself into agreement with their doubt and unbelief. My time people try to talk you out out of an answer. But never, I say, God bless you, I love you, I just don't agree with you. 
And I'm not going to agree with you. I'm believing God. Amen. Well, you're crazy. Good. Call me crazy for believing God. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. So what do we do? Now, let me just take this to a little quantum level here. So in order for this to work, you're going to have to have faith for what exists outside of space and time. Your answer exists outside of where you are right now. Everything you receive from God comes from outside of time into time. Okay? I remember when Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed, got the revelation, he prayed. And then Gabriel comes, and when he gets to Daniel, Daniel's praying three weeks for the answer, waiting for the answer for three weeks. So Daniel prays, his prayer goes to the throne of heaven, okay? And then Gabriel's dispatched with the answer, but the delivery gets interrupted with the battle. The prince of Persia, there's a war that goes on in the eternal realm. There's a battle keeping the answer from coming out of eternity into time. Are you with me? And so for three weeks. So when Gabriel gets there, he says, man, I'm sorry I'm late, you know, but there was this big battle just trying to get here. And I'm fighting. Michael had to come over and fight and help me out so I could get away. And then now i got to go back and help Michael out, and the battle's still raging out there. So there, 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 there's adversity, even in heaven, against you receiving your answer. Are you with me? And so you have to stand there. And so understanding that, but listen, but, but the word of the Lord, Gabriel said, the, the moment you prayed, I was sent. As soon as you prayed, I was sent. That's why Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And so believe that that's essentially what Gabriel was saying to Daniel. When you prayed, the answer was sent. Now, in between it leaving the warehouse and being delivered to you, there was a storm. There was the, the, the delivery was interrupted. There was complication. But it was always on its way to you. Amen. And it was going to arrive. Are you with me? Okay. So look at this. Verse 17 says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believe. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You and I have to learn to speak of things as they exist because they already exist in eternity with God, and we speak them as they exist in time with us. They are on their way. Amen? And there is real, there is much mind now here as when they get here. Uh, the, again, the uh, contemporary English Bible says, As it is written, I have appointed you to be a father of many nations. So Abraham is our father in the eyes of God in whom he had faith the God who gives life to the dead and called things that do not exist into existence. Another way to say it, those things that aren't in the sphere of time into time. Are you with me? That, that they'll manifest in this area. Or in other words, God calls or speaks of those things which do not exist in our space of time now as though they did. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Watch this. Are you doing all right? I said last few weeks, we just need to kick the devil in the hiney. Okay, so let me give it to you like this. In the beginning, so, so God, let's just make this, if you can, let's just get the picture. The chalkboard is eternity, okay? Okay. And so man was created by God. We, we have the heavens and the earth here, and, and man is created here. And women are created here in eternity with God. And then in this place, God puts these two trees. And he says, hey guys, you, you can eat of this one, but not this one. Right? And so they transgress and they eat of the one they're not supposed to. And at that moment, transgression comes. And at that moment... 
time was introduced into eternity. Okay? And th- th- this is the whole plan of redemption in just one little simple phase right here. And so God, at that moment, man and woman go from eternity, and now they're over here in time. Okay? And the whole plan of redemption is to get man out of time back into eternity with God. That's the whole purpose of redemption. Is man was created to be with God where he is, in him and with him. The choice, the enemy comes, gives the choice, and messing things up, man gets it. And so God said, this is what I have to do. I'll create this parenthetical space called time so that I can get my creation out of this mess. I can redeem them and bring them out. Are you with me? That's why the beginning of the book begins in eternity and it ends in eternity. Amen? And so then we have all this stuff in between. So then God is working from eternity to get his answers into what? Time. Time. Okay? And so for all of that to work out, for everything to coordinate, (coughs) we have to believe that God is working to get us through. So my faith is God's goal is to get me from here back to here. And so everything in him exists out here. And now God is trying to get that into there. And so this is, if you would, every answer you have, you know, whatever we're believing for, healing, provision, you know, all this is in, is in God. Watch this. When Jesus filled the, filled the multitude, uh, he, he lifted up the bread to heaven and he blessed it. And literally what he did is he took the little bit he took a little bit out of time and mixed it with the provision of heaven and miraculously a multiplication comes from heaven out of eternity into time and you're now to five loaves and two fishes are becoming enough to feed 15,000 people eternity is coming into time because faith Faith in the heart of God's people, when he gives us it, it gives us the ability to believe and to reach up into eternity, into God's provision, and receive that into time with us. Are you with me tonight? It's so important if I understand that. That's why Jesus taught, and that's why he gives us prayer, and that's why he opens these doors that we can go to the throne of grace and find, and find strength to help and find provision in our time of need, and it flows from heaven into earth. That's why Jesus, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it what? Is in heaven. So there's an open door to get heaven into the earth and it works out of our faith. And when I just believe that God, the heart of God is to get heaven into earth. He's giving you everything you need to make this journey through from time back into eternity with him. Even Jesus said, said, hey, I'm here, but I'm going ahead to prepare a place for you so that where I am there, you can be also amen all right stay with me so watch this so what god declares or hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things what nothing so faith is the substance of things hoped for or, or let me put you like faith believes that the answer exists Okay, so faith believes in the answer that's contained in the promise of God. Are you with me? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is connected to the promise. I believe the promise. My hope is anchored in the promise. So faith believes in the answer that's contained in the promise and and it, is the, and, and it receives the substance of things. So it just counts it. It's there. It's mine. And it's mine now. Amen? It's real. It's just real. It's substantive in my life. Yes, it's in, it's in eternity. And it's making its way in time. But it, it, it's real here. And my faith counts it as real there as when it gets here. And, and, and that just settles down on the inside of you, and it becomes an immovable force. Are you with me? And so watch this. 
So now faith is. Faith is always spoken of in present tense. Never past or future tense. It's always just right now. Because when you get to God, God doesn't have a past and he does not have a future. Are you with me? The only reason God speaks in those terms is because we're in this little, (laughs) we're stuck in time. So he's the God who was eternal and who is eternal. He is the alpha and what? The omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. And he is. So when he said, when Abraham, when Moses said to God, he said, God, who am I going to tell him sent me? Just tell him I am. You are what? I am. I am. Not I will be, not I was. I am. I'm just now. Are you with me? Have to get this. Hopefully I'm helping you tonight. Trying to help myself as well. (laughs) Now watch this. So you, so let me just give it to you. There's no time in eternity. God does not exist in time, but in eternity. God, and and I'll just make it a bubble if I can. God exists outside of this. Okay? There's no time in God. And because we're here... You get people say all these crazy, well, if God was going to come back, he'd have come back by now. It's been a long time, and so we're waiting on this, and so we're believing for the return of the Lord. If he's going to return, it seems like he would have returned by now, so probably that's just a weird doctrine. No, it's in your Bible, and you're just stupid. Amen. But, but see, because we've been molded and impacted by time. Remember, uh, a couple weeks, or last Sunday, or two weeks ago, uh, when I preached on... Uh, uh, Traditional mass and cultural conformity. Right? Okay. The traditional mass of time and our cultural conformity and will be shaped by all this. And then that affects how we think. And, 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 and then we just disqualify ourselves. Watch this. So there's no time in eternity. God exists. God does not exist in time but in eternity. And he has ordained a way to operate in time to redeem man out of time and back into eternity with him. By and through his word, once spoken and now eternal. Okay? When God speaks his word, it's spoken here in eternity. Okay? And God has ordained the way he works in eternity is by his word. Everything is upheld by the word of his power. And so everything comes into eternity. The the way way eternity comes into time is by the word. That's it. That's the only only way it works. This word, that's how powerful. You think about this. Think about how powerful this Bible is. Think about how powerful the word of God is. How, How hard people have tried to destroy it and get it out of the hands of people. How much religion has fought to keep it out of the hands of you. Religious leaders are, 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 have controlling religious spirits. And they want to take authority away from individuals. And so you go back. Wayne and Sally, I, I sent those back. They were terrible copies. They were just too small, those Tyndale ones. So we'll find some better ones. But, but, but William Tyndale translated the Bible... Uh, in 1536, I believe it was, and uh, uh, right around that area in the early 1500s, before the King James, and, and it was printed and, and, and was handwritten and, 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 and all this stuff was amazing. And then he, he was uh, executed for putting the Bible in every, that language that everybody could read and getting God's Word into their hands. And doing that. And then down through the century, we, we have nations, we have places where it's not allowed, even into countries. And they, well, if this is just a story, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? But when people, when people start believing this book and start living by faith in this book, they, they begin to call things that do not exist as though they were. And eternity comes into time and it changes everything. It impacts things. In that area. And God wants every person that's born of the Spirit to live knowing that you have access into eternity to bring the word of His power into time where you are. And the answer shows up every time. You could have shouted amen. That was a good word right there. Amen. Watch this. Go go, go with me to Psalms 119. Watch this. I'll never forget when we were going to Bible school, Brother Jess Higginbotham taught a class. And he gave us a challenge. 
Psalms 119 contains 176 verses. And there's only one verse in Psalms 119 that doesn't directly speak to the Word of God. Only one verse. And so he gave us a challenge as Bible school students. He said, you find, you, you find that one verse next week and come back and I'll buy you a peanut butter milkshake. He loved peanut butter milkshake. But he said, if you come back and you find that one verse, whoever finds it, I'll get you a peanut butter milkshake. Anybody want to know what the verse is? I'm not telling you. You go find out for yourself. Huh? No, you're wrong. Nope, no milkshake. Well, yeah, if you find it, you might get a peanut butter milkshake. I'll give you a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Amen. Okay, look at verse 37. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. Revive me in your what? In your what? So what's his way? His way is his word. Okay? All right. So you can't walk in his way without walking in his. There you go. All right. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> okay, take your time, and you do that. That's homework, all right? Okay. But look at, Psalm, look, look at verse 89. Look at verse 89 and 90. Forever, O Lord, your word is what? Settled where? Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in eternity. So everything God has declared is already settled here. And if if you and I in time can ever get ourselves, bring ourselves to agree with what is already settled, it's done. It is finished. Let me ask you, when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, when was it finished? When he said it? No. Because the Bible says he was slain before the foundation of the earth. It was finished the moment God spoke it and declared it would be. The Word of God doesn't work when it shows up and we see it. It's complete when it's spoken. The moment God says it, it's done. Are you with me? And if we can get that and understand that, it changes everything. So Jesus came from eternity into time by the word. And our faith in God brings eternity into time. So how did Jesus get here? He was slain from the foundation of the world. Galatians 4.4 In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son into the earth. But it was ordained and settled before in heaven. Look at verse 90 there. Your faithfulness endures to all generation. You establish the earth and it what? Abides. <laughs> Isn't this good? Amen. I love it. I love it. All right. I got to hurry and finish tonight. So what God declares is always now in his presence. And it is never confined to our space and time. God said to Abraham, today... I have made you a father. Do you, do you hear what God said? Today, Abraham, you were Abram. You are now Abraham. Today, I make you a father of nations. So when did he become a father of nations? When he birthed Isaac? No. no. The moment God, God said, today, I make you. Today, you are. And so Abraham had to walk around saying, God changed my name. My name is now Abraham. And people look at him, well, you're... How can you even say that? You're an old man. You don't have any kids. It's you're so old, it's impossible for you to have kids. And God made him a laughing stock, made him a fool. But my Bible says in 1 Corinthians that God chose the foolish things to confound the wise and the weak things. Are you with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. So watch this. So God said, Abraham, today I've made you a father many days. And he declared his will. His declared will is always now in his presence, and then revealed in our space of time. Or in other words, God declares it, and it's declared now. Now exists here. Everything in God is now. And it is to be revealed in time towards us. But God, God only exists here. He, God doesn't exist here. He comes into time by his word. The only way eternity can get into time is through this word. 
Are you with me? How did Jesus come into the earth? The Word came into a womb. Are you with me? The Word came into time. And, be, and the Word became flesh. Do you get that? The, yeah, th that statement right there, if the Word can become flesh, I wonder if it could become your healing. I wonder if it could become your provision. You're just, anything. The Word will become well, that, that's why God said, Isaiah 55, Cole referenced it a couple of weeks. He said, God says, my word will not return to it void. It will accomplish what I send it. And that's why the Bible says that God's word is a seed. So when God sends his word, a seed contains inside of that seed the assignment. What it's ordained to produce. And so all we have to do is agree with the seed of God's word. That's why Jesus said the sower sows what? The word, and when it's received in our heart, then it brings forth a 30, 60, and 100-fold return. What does? The word does. What do we have to do? Receive. <laughs> Amen. Is this all right? Okay, watch this. You and I live in this space called time. God does not. Faith is not confined to space, to the space of our time. It is only revealed there. Faith is the force of our spirits, which are eternal and are not confined to the limits of time and space. We are currently living in time, but we are stamped with eternity. We will all use our faith to determine where we spend eternity, in heaven or hell. Now see, everybody's in time. Here we are in time. All of humanity is in time, and it happened at the fall. So all of humanity is walking through time. We're all the seed of Abraham, but we're trying to become the, 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 the seed of Christ, a child of God. We're the children of, uh, of Abraham, but we're, tr we're trying to become children of God, the sons and daughters of God. And, and the moment we're born again, we're now born out of time into eternity. Amen? And so with that, but, but every person is going to pass from time into, and it's going to end up in eternity. And there's two places in eternity. Hell and heaven. Okay. Or in His presence. Or removed from His presence. Okay. With God or without God. God created man for fellowship with him. And God is ordained by his word. There's only one way to be in his presence. So watch this next statement. Nobody goes to heaven without faith. And nobody goes to hell without faith. Heaven will be full of those who had faith in God. Hell will be full of those who exercise their faith in everything except God. They will be those who believe the natural over the spiritual. Those who believe what was seen was greater than that which is not seen. It, it, it just, it's no deeper than that guy. When Jesus spoke and demonstrated the truth about the kingdom of God, it was always contrary to what we call the reality of our space and time. Or in other words, it always everything Jesus did... When he walked by the anointing of God. Isn't that amazing? Watch it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. God said, I will pour out. Look it. In the last day saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So now the Holy Spirit is being poured out from heaven. Jesus is seated by the right hand of the Father. He's received the promise and the Holy Spirit is being poured out from heaven out of eternity into time. Every time the Holy Spirit comes and manifests himself, eternity is showing up in time. Are you getting this? What is, if we just... We, we live in a world that in, 
that inundates us with fears and worries and concerns. And we have all this from God that we've been invited into to discover. Amen. I I love this stuff. Amen. Watch this. So everything Jesus did came from out of time into time, which is exactly what Jesus did. He left eternity to enter into time and then return to eternity to prepare a place for us with him in eternity or out of the realm of space and time. Go with me a couple of scriptures and we'll close tonight. Go with me to John chapter 17. Did we stir anything up tonight? John chapter 17, look at this. Verse 1, Jesus spoke these words and lifted up his eyes to heaven. So from time, he's speaking into eternity. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus whom you have sent. I have glorified you. (laughs) I came from heaven to the earth, and I have glorified you in the earth, on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. That's why Jesus says, hey, I'm going to my Father. Amen? I came, I came into time to do work, and now I'm out of here. Are you with me? So look what he said. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So if God can bring his son out of eternity into time to pay for our sins. Now you understand why Paul used the term how much more. If God does that, anything we're believing for is less than that. But but, but I I don't even want to say that. It's not less than that. It's contained in that. That's why, okay, go to Romans 8 real quick. Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So if God sent his son into the world to redeem us, if Jesus came out of eternity into time to glorify the Father, to redeem humanity so that we might receive eternal life, and going back then, everything he did in here, everything we need is contained in that. Everything we, is in him. And when we are in Christ, we are in everything we need. And when we grab a hold of that and believe that and then cause our words and our deeds and our actions to get into agreement with that and refuse to be moved off of hope, then everything changes. See, living by faith is seeing things which exist in God and which are guaranteed by and in His eternal Word come into existence in our space and time. The now of eternity become present in time. If we get this, we will never again be intimidated to call those things which do not exist in the now of our time and space as though they did, because we will have the steadfast confidence that they already exist in the now with God, and they are as real now in His presence as they will ever be in our space and time. Too often we give up on the promise because we don't understand the wisdom of God behind the process of time and space. So what do we do? Live by faith in the now, which is outside of space and time, and you will see the promise of God come to pass in your life. Your answer is now in the presence of Him whom you have believe. Father, tonight I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for your people tonight. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray. 
that your truth is released in every person's heart to believe that confidence will rise up on the inside of them that they believe they can speak in accordance with your word and father as they pray as they ask and believe father that they receive and you release the provision from heaven that eternity is released into time and they have their answer now in Jesus name and Lord we understand that sometimes the enemy comes in sometimes there, 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 there's a disruption in the delivery we're not going to be moved off of our answer we're not going to give up our faith because of time if Abraham can wait 25 years for a son we can wait and be steadfast in our answer we're going to believe you are the one who has promised and you are able to perform it so tonight we believe that we receive and we declare that faith wins in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a good praise.